take a look at what abilities, what attributes, and what attitudes do I need to embody to attract the success I desire? Did you know that I have three really complicated relationships in my life? With me, myself, and I? Close. My relationship with money, my relationship with people, and my relationship with self. And they're all connected together because when my relationship with money got out of whack, it totally had an impact on those other relationships. That, my friend, is what we call having financial sobriety. So who are you? I'm Matthew Grishman. Who are you? Jim Gebhardt. And we're a couple of financial advisors trying to have an untraditional conversation about our favorite topic, money. Let's go. Kick us off, partner. Welcome back. Here we are, yet again in studio. Second time this year in 2024. Wow. We are fired up. That's almost a winning streak. We are we are fired up. We just get one more, get a third one, and then we've got an official winning streak of in-studio recordings. They call that a, uh, a turkey. Oh, in bowling, right? In bowling and in golf. Nice. Nice. It's called a hat trick in most other sports. Oh, yes. Hockey. Why is it called a hat trick? Hmm. I don't know. That'd be an interesting little retrospective. Golden sombrero if you strike out four times in baseball. Golden sombrero? Uh-huh. The golden sombrero. That's four strikeouts, going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Never knew that one. There you go. Never heard of that one. Well, it's almost baseball season. You're going to hear, be wow. hearing a lot more. You know there's seven different ways to get on first base? Yes, I do. You do know that one. Good job. Yes, I do. I can't recount them. <laughs> well, we're definitely back. We're back, and today's episode is all about the new year and kicking things off with our own personal thoughts, concepts, strategies, tips, and tricks on how do you get this year going and not fall prey, because about the time this is rolling out is early February, right? So this is when those is it February already? It is for this episode. Look at that. Time is flying already. So before, because I'm all I'm all ampy, I'm all amped up, and it's not caffeine today. I'm just excited. I know. I'm just excited to talk about this. I can't wait to hear your tips and tricks. And we didn't do gratitude. Oh, what are you grateful for then? Yes. Did you gratitude today? I did. Even my license plate says I did. I did gratitude today. I woke up this morning, and the first thing I did was share a little bit of gratitude with myself. I was just grateful to be awake, alive. My eyes were open, and I knew we were coming in to do this today. My gratitude has gotten so much simpler. Was it magnanimous before? It was. It was uh, major magnanimity. Okay. Yes. But today, my gratitude is I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be upright and alive, and I'm grateful to be making progress. I am able to measure the progress of my health recovery with the cardiac rehab class I'm taking. And today, we measured progress. How doth you do that in a cardiac class? Weight. You got to get on the scale as soon as you walk in the class. Okay. So weight is moving in the right direction, okay. which is downward. Downward. And my capacity, my cardio capacity, is increasing based on the METs of my exercise. So I am now working out well, at 6.4 METs, which... That's how many it takes to field the infield, isn't it? Uh, 6.4 6 mets. mets to lose a baseball game. Okay. So I'm, I'm feeling very grateful for my progress. We are increasing my cardio load, and I'm getting closer and closer to that day that once the snow all melts up the hill, maybe actually going for a hike again one day. Nice. Yes, yes. 
What are you grateful for? I'm grateful that my weight is increasing. Ooh. Now there's a paradox I'd love to dive into. I think we shall. And how doth Jim be grateful for increasing weight? Because it happens to be six pounds of muscle. boy. Six pounds of muscle. So when the car runs over my feet, you can now lift the car up off my foot because you're about. Superman. Just about. Nice. And so much of the show today in this concept of what you focus on flourishes is going to be reminiscent of what I'm doing. One-arm push-ups? How you do this. Nice. How you take a subject like cardio rehab mm -hmm. or overall health and fitness and make progress. And I just I can't help myself because it, it so much of this in preparing for today's talk takes me back to my very earliest days in the business at Merrill Lynch. And I was blessed to have some coaches as I went through high school. I had a bit of a dud as my golf coach in college. But if you go back and you think about those people, whether they were an athletic coach, a teacher, a mentor, I've always been attracted to the concept. And a therapist, right, is somebody to help you improve from the state that you're in today to something better. If you have aspirations of getting better, there are people, there are coaches, teachers, therapists, whatever you want, consultants, that can help accelerate your progress. Well, and brother, I don't think you need to work that hard to find that person either. Part of why that Merrill Lynch experience and the golf coach experience happened is because the student was ready. When the student's sure. ready for improvement, the teacher somehow magically appears. One of our favorite sayings. Absolutely. That's one of the magical ways this universe works is that when you make that decision, that commitment inside of you, that I want to improve some aspect of my life, my financial life, my relationships, myself, my health somehow, when you make that commitment and you share it out loud with another human being, with the universe— Somehow, magically, that teacher appears. I'm 26 years old, and I'm in the training program at Merrill Lynch. I've probably told this story on the show before. and I got a great forgetter, so tell it again. This is maybe six months. It was actually about six months after the interview process. And I'm sitting there with the, uh, the regional VP, and he said, so where, where, uh, where'd you go to school? This is in Oakland, California. Lovely I, this time of year. I went to the University of Rochester. Rochester, Minnesota? Huh. Okay. Oh, Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Yeah. Okay. Is your dad in the business back in Rochester, upstate New York? Specifically in the business of working for Merrill Lynch or wealth management? No, sir. And where'd you go? You went to school in Rochester. Your dad is not in the business and you're not from here. Yes, that's correct. So how do you, how do you think you're going to survive the training program. So you have no network here. I have no network here. here. I didn't go to school here. I don't I had your, one your dad's not one, handing you a book of business. I had one crazy cousin who lived up in Moraga who I really didn't want to spend much time with. And the only other people that I knew was a girl that I dated for maybe a month in college. I had met her parents and they lived in Napa. And so to me it was like that couple who at least knew me and knew I was a good guy, and my cousin were the only people I could really lean on in terms of having any, you know. So there's no way you're going to make it. Biz statistically, and you, you didn't have a dumb manager, right? I mean, he knew. Oh, yeah, Because no. he's had a few trainees come through before. Oh, yes, sir. Right? Yeah, you bet. So there's no way you're making it as a financial, well, back then a stockbroker. So how are you going to make it, son? Right. Good luck. I said, well, it's, it's really not that hard. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, 
how many people are you hiring? He said, well, we're going to hire probably 10 to 12. I'll outwork them all. So you think that you're going to be able to just do this with effort? I said, I know I'm going to do this with effort. There's no, I don't, I don't, I don't have another option. It has to be with effort. I'm hired. I start, I train, and now I go into what's called production. So I have my license and I'm a legit stockbroker, financial consultant. Right. With Merrill Lynch, Pierce Finner, Smith, screw him, can we and how. Right. I don't remember what personal development book this comes from, but the whole concept of tracking, I mean, literally tracking whatever you want to get good at, whatever you want to improve, every single day you got to track it. So it was more than just you were the first one to leave and the last one to go at night. I mean, you you outworked everybody, but you also tracked your progress. I tracked my progress every single day. Every dollar that I brought in to open, I, I tracked three things. Every account that I opened, every dollar that went into that account, and every dollar of revenue that I generated for Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith. Every single day. Hence the love for spreadsheets. Hence the love for spreadsheets. Nice. So what was the I outcome finished, of that tracking? I finished number two in the United States in my training class for Merrill Lynch. I graduated early. And it worked so well, I stopped doing it. Nice. No. No, you didn't. I, no, you I didn't. You track like a mother effer right yes. now. You, uh, drive, you drive me nuts sometimes. I love it. And that tracking, I've pretty much always done in my financial life, right? My work life. Maybe not as much my personal financial life. But you got to take that concept and run with it. If it's hydration, if it's nutrition, if it's not smoking, drinking, spending, is you have to track it. That's so hard for some people. It's hard for everybody. Oh, is it? It's hard for everybody. Sure. But there's a why behind it. So why do we track? Why you have to track. Oh, why do I have to track? Because you build a discipline muscle. You build a habit. And it, it becomes second nature. I mean, look look how many years later, and I still track not every dollar, not every account, not every dollar. I'm tracking different data now. But what you focus on flourishes. What you focus on flourishes. If you track it, you're focused on it. And in the context here we are at the beginning of the year, you and I are not fans of the conventional concept of New Year's resolutions. You don't you and I just don't believe in them. Right. We believe in things like in the chapter in the book, right? Your chapter on say no more. Well, why don't we believe in New Year's resolutions? Because it's baloney. They well, don't they don't last. It's not a sticky concept that you can withstand because you're gonna have some resistance and then you're gonna repeat back to Well, you're not set up to win. Right. You're not setting yourself up to win when you commit to a resolution because the minute you fall off the wagon, ah, that didn't work. It's resolutions. Resolutions to me have always been about perfection, and that's why they don't work. And where I think you and I have done a brilliant job of introducing change into our lives and being able to focus on new behaviors is by kind of bringing a little grace into the room and realizing it's about progress, not perfection. Like the idea of our say no more list, right? What are the things this year that we're going to say no to that perhaps last year or the years before we used to let creep into our lives and not care so much about it. And what's nice about that, by saying no, setting an intention of saying no to something, it doesn't necessarily mean we're never going to do it. Because how do you and I measure progress? 
We measure progress by looking in the rearview mirror and measuring backwards. Beautifully. So when we're sitting here a year from now, looking at the things that we chose to say no to in 2024, success is measured if we did it less than we did it the year before. It's not, not, not with perfection. Correct. It's not necessarily elimination. It's this intention of trying to, over time, eliminate that fill-in-the-blank, right, that negative behavior, that unhealthy behavior, whatever that might be, yeah. out of our life over time. We set ourselves up to win. Well, and when you eliminate that habit, right, that, I mean, I always like this time of year, whether it's the end of the year or the beginning of the year, for a little reflection. And the reflection around where do I want to improve? What skills, what talents, what relationships, where do I want to improve? Mm -hmm. And as we've talked on the prior show and many shows, my health is my number one priority. I have some stuff going on that I want to right the ship, and it's all in my control. I'm very blessed that what I'm dealing with is in my control. Are it there is, any? It is not out of my control. Are there any financial implications to you, you focusing on your health? You bet there are. <laughs> Big ones. Lots of dollars being reallocated to programs and supplements and testing and all kinds of doodads that are part of a commitment that I've made. And I've made the commitment out loud to you and to my family and the rest of our team that I will be off all prescribed medications within the next 12 months. I made that in nice. November. Nice. Because it's all, it's, it's all in my control, right? It's not a disease that I have no control over. And I was thinking back on my Merrill Lynch story in my spreadsheet because this health group that I'm working with out of Salt Lake City when they put the workout schedule before me, it was in a Google Sheet. And I was like, oh, Spreadsheet, baby. That feels so good. They were speaking your language. They speak my language. Your love language. Oh. You want to know Jim's love language? Sp it's called right. spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Yes. So guess what I've been doing? I've been tracking. This is a 4,000-word answer to your question. Sure. I've been tracking my workouts every day. I do the upper body workout, I put in the date. Every day I do the lower body workout, I put in the date. So much, I think, of what we've talked about for years and years is I think there's an expectation today that progress has to be either immediate or significant in a short amount of time. Yes. And, and it, execution needs to be flawless. flawless. Yep. So have I been to the gym every single day since November 20th? God, I hope not. No, I haven't. Have I missed some workouts? Yeah, I have. But the answer to your question is it's I put on six pounds of muscle. And my body weight, my percentage body fat is under 30% for the first time probably as an adult. I was say, it was 2023 when I asked you that question, so yes. should I go well, back? And I got there. You did. I got there. Nice job. You're nice job. But it's to help our community realize that whatever you want to focus on will flourish, Right. Let's go back to your dark days with being at home post-surgery, right? When you can focus on the negative, it flourishes. Yes. I mean, come on. There's all kinds of people you and I know who spend way too much time with the TV on listening to the news all day long. That's their companion. Well, guess what? That has an effect over time. You're listening to 
whatever TV station, it doesn't matter. You listen into that for four to six hours a day, you are focusing on something that is going to flourish. In this case, it happens to be a more in a negative context. Absolutely. Because right? it's not all rainbows and butterflies what the, the news media puts out as. No. C cable news consumption, brother, you and I have shared this before, and I'll share it again. It is the equivalent to your mental health of what a daily dose of McDonald's Big Mac fast food diet would oh do to God. your physical health. Wow. It's just absolute mental junk food. And it will destroy your psyche. It will destroy your ability to have hope. It will destroy your ability to have faith in humankind. The relationships with other people will begin to erode. And the only reason I'm sharing this is because it's what I've observed. I've seen this in people who spend their day Me too. with their eyeballs glued to either CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, you name it. It doesn't matter what the cable news network is. Yeah. I'm I, sorry, I have cable loved, news networks, but I don't like you very much. Yeah, I have loved ones that have spent decades doing this. Yes. I've, I've probably talked on the show of loved ones that start their day with breakfast over, you know, watching one of the lighter TV shows, right. news media shows, that is trying to be a little lighter. This is my weak attempt at Jim Gaffigan. Nice. Um, we could start Cable News Anonymous. Oh, that. We, we, could, we could start our own 12-step fellowship we, for people might, addicted might, to cable news. We might need a bigger boat. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, we can't, you know, we can't promote things like that. That would just purely be attraction. So We'd if you've be been listening flower. to us for this long, you're, you're of a similar mindset, right? Your mindset is you want to get better, and you want to get better in some area of your life, right? That's what you and I are no doing one, here every day. No one has it all. No one has it all figured out, and they got it all covered, right? Because if you think of the context of if you're going to work more— well, maybe your health is going to suffer. Your bank account's going to do better, but maybe your relationships are going to suffer, right. right? It's a balancing act. So if you sit here at the beginning of the year and you're like, I would like to be better at, right? There's this fantastic quote by Jim Rohn, and Jim Rohn is one of the all-time greats in the personal development space. And this particular quote has resonated with me for a long time, and I'm just going to read it. If you want to have more, you have to become more. Success is not something you pursue. What you pursue will elude you. It can be like trying to chase butterflies. Success is something you attract by the person you become. Success is something you attract at the person you become. So you're telling me there's no destination here. This is about the ride. Sure. Sure. In a, in a longer term sense, right? But as you, to use our words, Invest in yourself, right? Your TED Talk, please go watch it. It's incredible. The greatest investment you can ever make is in yourself. October of 2021. 2021. Yep. It's the becoming that is the attractant, right? There is nothing more attractive than someone who's confident in themselves. And where does the confidence come from, right? The confidence comes from making a commitment to be better, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your parenting, whether it's in your faith, whether it's in your exercise, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And by making that commitment to your community, right, to your people, that then is going to flood you with some confidence because it's going to take courage to do what you want to do. It also takes money, Jim. Well, true. Right? Yeah. Well, well and you've talked recently on the show about how 
you, you use the word relapse. Mm-hmm. And credit card debt uh, <laughs> seeped back into your existence with a relapse. You were so nice that day to me. I really appreciate you for that. Well, I'm going to absolutely defend on the high altar yeah. why I said it. Yeah. Right? Because you were investing in yourself, in your family, and in the people that mattered the most to you. Sure. And sure, it's a matter of cash flow timing. It's not as if you don't make a nice living. It's not as if you can't go out and make more money, right? But that cash flow timing is, it's, it's not a thing. It's, you, you weren't going out frivolously and wasting money on irrelevant stuff. Right. Allowing my credit card to grow a nice, healthy balance again and not be able to see the healthy nature of the debt that I'd accumulated is part of why we continue to keep doing this show. Because what we seem to keep running into are people who want to better certain aspects of their lives, and they keep getting drawn into what we do here at Financial Sobriety. There are three very complicated relationships we all have to deal with. And we have to always talk about these on the show and bring us back to how we approach these three what you wouldn't think are interconnected relationships. The relationship we have with money, the relationship we have with our people, and the relationship we have with ourselves. And knowing that when one of those relationships struggles a little bit, it can have an effect on the other relationships and throw our lives completely out of whack, out of balance. Disarray. Absolutely. I had a moment after doing four years of this show with you where I lost sight of that in my relationship with money. How could I allow my credit cards to balloon up to this huge $15,000 balance again. Right. (sighs) But again, this is where the accountability of human relationship can be very meaningful. This is why we do this together. This is why this is not an I show. This is a we show. We do this together. And your generosity in helping me see what caused that to happen— Good news, by the way, I don't know if I shared this with you. You've shared it with me, but not with our community. The $15,000 balance has been paid, Bob. Oh, interesting. It is gonzo. Paid. How about it? Zero balance. $363 a month in interest payments. Nice. Gone. Do you know how good that feels? Yes, I do. Huh. Like it was the first time I ever paid off a credit card balance, which if you've been on the show for a while, you know this ain't the first time. Yeah. So yeah. felt great. Here's an exercise. Okay. This is a one of my favorite journaling exercises. Okay. And again, you're sitting here at the beginning of the year and you want to get better, right? You want to you want to raise the bar on who you want to become. So it's it's aspirational. Yeah. Right. And the journaling exercise is this. Take a look at what abilities, what attributes, and what attitudes do I need to embody to attract the success I desire. The journaling exercise again. The journaling exercise is looking at what abilities, attributes, and attitudes do I need to embody to attract the success I desire. Can I steal something from a friend we spent some time with? Sure. You know what that sounds like? If there's crackers that slip the Rosa and Snide? A little bit. (laughs) A little bit like that. That Dave Leopold, that's for you. Would it be easier to do that? Because I'm thinking about, okay, what abilities, attitudes, and attributes do I need to embody to attract the success I desire? How do I get better? Where do I need to get better? Would it help me to think of somebody who has the attributes, abilities, 
and attitudes that I want to emulate? Sure. Like, is there somebody that I want to be like? Absolutely. So then I just need to figure out how they live their life and go try to replicate the way they live their life. Absolutely. That's something Bo taught us years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's another way of saying that. Thank you for sharing that. Sure, I didn't you could, think of it that you way. Could, you could absolutely mirror or mimic somebody that you're trying to be. So if you're struggling with, well, what are the attributes right. and attitudes? right. Maybe there's a person that you have a lot of respect for. So, okay, I don't mean to blow smoke up your hoo-ha, but that was you for me. There were two Thank people, you very much. You're welcome. Two people in my life that it was Hank and Jim, you two. I, if I were going to sit down, if I were going to rewind the clock to the beginning of the time that I started doing these types of journaling exercises, what abilities, attributes, and attitudes do I need to embody to attract the success I desire? I looked at how you were living your life, and I looked at how my dad was living his life, and I decided to start becoming your little clone a, copycats. A couple boomers. Little mini-me's. I became your mini-me. Exactly. And that's worked and out that's, pretty good. And I would say some of that was the same for me with Bo, hmm. was looking at some of the things that he was doing that I found to be extraordinarily courageous. Yeah. And how do I build my courageous muscle? I've seen you do that with your parenting. Right. Like just the way you parented your two Division One athlete girls and how you approached that whole experience for the both of them. I saw a lot of that come from the way you were watching Bo and the way he was living his life and parenting his children. Uh, it was awesome. That goes back to my fascination and my passion for teachers yes. and coaches. So Miles is a flight instructor now. He's a, he's a certified pilot. He is. Right. I wonder what my kid's been up to these days. And I always think of pilots on this next one. Okay. Because if he takes off from Sac Metropolitan Airport today, is that what it's called? Uh, Sac Executive, but close enough. Well, he's going to fly big boy planes here pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. And he's going to fly to Boston. Do you know what happens if he's one degree off on that journey? Probably he's going to wind up in Miami. It's like Philadelphia and Nova Scotia. Wow. One degree off One degree from off takeoff. trajectory. Gives you the kind of spread. Over a long period of time. About 1,000 miles. Right. And it goes back to, and, and you know, you and I are, are big believers in this, is that your choices matter. And you make choices, and your choices make you. Ooh. You make choices, and your choices make you. I've had a lifelong addiction to sugar. I love sugar. Sugar does not love me. And when I've been doing some reading and, and my own research on the impact of sugar, they describe it as high-speed sandpaper going through your veins. Mm. And once I heard that, <whistles> sugar was no longer my friend. It became the enemy. And in any hero's journey, you need an enemy. Yes. You right? might need a few enemies. You don't go to the movies to watch The good guys hang out the with good the good guys. good guys just hang out at the park. Right. They got to fight the bad they guys. They got to fight the bad guys. Right. Dar right? I mean, without Slay Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker's a nobody. No, he's just on a desert right. hoping to find water. Playing with his silly lightsaber. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it got me thinking that our all-powerful 10-10-10 exercise. Ooh, way to dust off the good ones. Is, well, it's greatest hits, baby. I yeah, mean, here we start season five. That is one of the greatest hits of all time. 10-10-10 can be applied not just to money, not just to needless spending. It can be applied to the second helping. It can be applied to the dessert after dinner, the fill-in-the-blank drink, right? The second drink, the third drink, the fourth drink, whatever. It is such a powerful tool to be able to hit that pause button for 10 minutes. 
Yeah, that's the the essence of the ten 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 tool. Yeah, is I mean that the, the it's second, a pause button. It's a pause button. That first ten is whatever the hell I'm about to do that I know intellectually is not good for me. I need more than my intellect sometimes to stop me from doing that. Because like your love of sugar, my love of many other things we've talked on the show ad nauseum, is so powerful that even though I intellectually know, in your case, I can't have sugar, I want it. Oh, yeah. So I need something to help me pause because this too shall pass. And if I can pause for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, get up, move away, leave it there. I'm going to eat it in 10 minutes. By the time you come back in 10 minutes, that urge, whatever that was, that the wave, that hole in your soul that needed to be filled with that unhealthy something has closed up. My experience has taught me that takes about 10 minutes. Good on you, brother. Lean on it. I never, I mean, I guess I have thought of using 10, 10, 10 in other ways. It just was so obvious to me with the spending in the other areas of my life. It just became a pause button, but I'm seeing how 10, 10, 10 can be and, a very and for valuable me it's the tool. 10. Right. It's that first 10. It's the first 10. Push it away for 10 minutes. Walk because away from whatever it. that, like you just said, the hole in your soul that you're trying to fill, right? The swipe, the bleep, the purchase, the food the intake, whatever it is, it's hit that pause button. The whole what you focus on flourishes, just keep the word that keeps coming back to me is consistency, right? Is how you do it is you track it and you measure it. And we're not asking for perfection, but it's the consistency of the day in and day out. I have exercised more since this November 20th than I probably did all of 2023. And that consistency is it builds momentum, mm -hmm. right? And wh wh wherever your momentum is at the beginning of the year, right? Whether it's negative momentum or positive momentum, if it's negative momentum, you, you got to flip it. If it's positive momentum, you want to keep the flywheel going. You want to just keep it rolling mm -hmm. because you start to feel better about whatever that subject matter is. When I was 26 and I was making 30 grand a year at Merrill Lynch on a stipend, on a draw, excuse me, on a draw, and if you don't know what a draw is, a draw is like a cash advance on your credit card. Right. It's, it's income. How we used to get paid in the good old days. That's correct. It is income you receive in advance of earning it. And, ooh, that was stressful. So there was natural motivation. And if your motivation is to curb the negative momentum in a particular area of your life, all you got to do, we've said it many times, you just got to get the anchor off the boat. Off the floor? Sorry, off the off the bottom of the lake a half inch. Right. You don't you don't need to get it all the way in the boat. My tired, worn out gym bag, if that thing is packed and in the backseat of my car, I am going to the gym. Oh, there you go. For I am going to the gym. If I somehow, if I forget my gym bag, that's not a new thing. That's been going on yeah, that's for, for a, a long time. But it is one of my triggers in a positive way in that if I somehow forget the gym bag, I go home. I get the gym bag because one of the big changes that I've made is I've made the workout in the morning. So Beth gets all the kudos on this one. She's been suggesting this to me for years. <sighs> I didn't want to. I don't want to. I go in the afternoon because it refreshes me for the evening. Well, guess what happened? What started happening is we got busier. Yeah. Eh. Eh. I didn't go. I yeah. didn't go. Yeah. I didn't go. I did. Oh, I'll go. <sighs> right. Now the flip is the alarm goes off at 6, which I actually have to start. 
I think moving that up a little bit to more like 5.30, but I now go in the morning and I get that little positive momentum throughout my day. And then as my afternoon starts, I got to go work out. No, I worked out already. Right. It's done. Ah, it feels good. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. As you think about how you could track this stuff, right? You could do it. There's a variety of ways you could do it. You could be a couple of boomers and go down to the stationery store and get a little three-ring notebook and paper and pencil and go that route. Yeah, that's right? worked for me before. You could go tablet. You could go a note on your phone. But the, the key is that you've got to track what you're doing for a week, right? We do exercises with clients that are business owners that are just driving themselves crazy with all of their activities, and one of the very first things we ask them to do is to track all of their activities for a week. And we're going to come back and we're going to evaluate their activity. I've got a session tomorrow with a client that's been doing that. Mm. No different than that client is you track your activities in this particular area. Let's say you're watching too much TV after dinner or you're just spending way too much time on social media after dinner, before dinner, during the, you know, whenever. Track it. This dumb little phone will tell you how much time you're spending. Well, if your goal, if you've recognized you're watching too much TV and you decide in 2024, I'm going to say no to television, begin tracking how much you do. Because tracking it's what's going to help you make progress when you go out a year from now and look back at your progress. And you set yourself up to win by tracking your progress and, and rather than making this a perfection thing and then giving up because it's a resolution. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. We wanted to kick the air off with some tips and tricks on how to help you get your mindset in a place where you can make progress in that area of life or multiple areas of your life that you really want to improve. And we kicked the, the fifth season off with just a little bit of a retrospective on some of the exciting health things that uh, <laughs> you've, been, you've been challenged by. And I think for our audience, we should also talk for a couple of minutes on kind of where the show's going. And some of this comes from the remodeling and the rebranding that we've been doing at Gebhardt Group, because there were many hidden blessings in your sabbatical that was health-related. Oh, for sure. And one of them was it gave us the time and the space to really look at who do we want to be when we grow up. With me not being around the business every day, it forced us to slow down. It really did. It created space. I mean, I'm sitting here at home staring at a wall for eight, nine hours a day. And luckily, we've got a team around us that was able to pick up a lot of the heavy lifting. And it just it allowed you and me the time and the space to slow everything down and really think about where we are and where we want to go, even though that's not what we intended to do going into that time. But here we are. And here we are. And one of the big takeaways was, let's face it, we've been general practitioners. I've certainly been a general practitioner of financial services for my entire career. We love helping people. We want to help people. We've talked on the show about my Oscar Schindler complex, all of that. But if we're going to get better and we're going to work on who we want to become, we've come to the realization that it is the absolutely thriving business owner where we can add the maximum value in our relationships are with business owners that have businesses that are booming and they've got this ache. They've got this feeling inside of them that they want something more from their money 
than more money. Let that one sit for a second. They want more from their money than just more money. I'm going to go with you on that and say it's the entrepreneur. Sure, entrepreneur. Well, because I think there's a, a difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur. I think an entrepreneur is a mindset. I think it's a type of person that wakes up in the morning and thinks about how can I grow today? How can I be better today? How can I accomplish more, reach more, have deeper impact I like it. I like today? It. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you and I have learned to only work with people who own businesses, but it's that entrepreneurial mind of, again, wanting more for my money than more money because I'm really thinking about how does my money help me go out in the world and have more impact? And I don't know that that's necessarily a niche or specialty that you and I chose as much as a niche and specialty that's chosen us. And we needed the time and the space this last year to let that show up in the form of who are the people showing up in our lives and what is it that they need from us? Rather than you and I trying to force well, who do we want to be when we grow up? We've allowed the universe to, through the time and space that was given to us with the health challenge. You might say we attracted it. These are the people that showed up. And brother, it's an honor to be of service to some of the greatest thinkers and rule breakers and earth changers that are showing up in our world and to think that we get to have impact on helping them align their financial resources what they with what they are most passionate about so that they can get more from their money than just more money. Holy crap, I can't wait to see where this show's going. Well, that's what lies ahead in 2024. We might want to bring some of those people into studio yeah, and have them tell yeah. their story this year. I would think so. We haven't done that in a while. That we, might be We fun. haven't, and there might be some trauma that they've gone through that— Oof could be of uh, of interest to our listeners. Doesn't every great thinker and every entrepreneur who wants to make a difference in the world experience trauma at some point? No, it's all rainbows and butterflies. Well, somehow they figure out how to use that trauma and integrate it into the impact they have in this world, and I can't wait to get those people in studio. Well, I think with that, my friend, we could call this... That's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today, here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.